standing in the light. Ephesians 5, 9 through 17. For once we were full of darkness, but now we have light from the Lord. We live as children of light, for this light within us produces only what is good and right and true. And we try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. We take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, we bring them to light. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in the secret. Everything is brought to light when the light shines on it. For everything that becomes visible stands in the light. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So we're careful how we live. We don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. We make the most of every opportunity in these corrupt times. We don't act foolishly, but gain insight into what the Lord wants to do in and through us. Thank you. It may seem weird for me to stand with a flashlight over my head, but it's an illustration of this is what has happened to all of us that are following Jesus. It may not be quite obvious that we're walking around standing in the light, but that's exactly what has happened. And so if you could imagine yourself everywhere you go, sitting here, this is what it's like. The light of God has shined upon you. And it has not only just shined upon you, it's actually within you. Yeah, Iron Man. <laughs> so God shines his light on us, and he deposits that light within us. And, and we are people of the light. We're children of the light. Let's have a little light. Our story begins because God is light. As John says it, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. And so what Paul raises for us, there's questions that he raises in this, quest, in this passage that we just read. He's saying, are we people who bear darkness, or are we people that bear light? Another way to say that is, do we, we live our lives in religious and moral darkness? Or do we live our lives as people who live in religious and moral light? Are we children of darkness? Are we children of light? And then literally, are we standing in darkness? Because without Jesus, this is what it's like. Standing in darkness. But with Jesus, we're standing in light. As children of light, Paul reminds us of this, because he's assuming those that he's writing to, and then I think those that are in this room, the assumption is we're gathered together in a morning to worship Jesus, to have community together, uh, to worship together, to look, I mean, we're children of light. The, the light of the gospel of Jesus has shone into our lives. And so as children of light, Paul is reminding us of this. Number one, that we were 
full of darkness. Everybody in this room at some point was in the dark. We were bearers of darkness. I think that it's, it's very fair to say that the Bible teaches that when we come into this world, we come in in darkness. Babies are wonderful. Babies, I mean, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying our grandkids and kind of reliving having children uh, with a little bit more wisdom than I had with my own children. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But, but I know that within Oliver, within Madison, within Case, and as cute as they are, there's still this darkness uh, because that's the way we come into the world. We come in as bearers of darkness, not as bearers of light. doesn't necessarily mean that we're evil and, you know, but we are, we are corruptible and we need the light of Jesus. So Jesus is the one that gives us light. That light comes into our life as a gift. So if you think back over your life, I mean, I, for me, I went from darkness to light and it was a brilliant change and, I, and it, it happened dramatically. And again, I'm, I, as the young life folks begin to head back to Colorado with a busload of young people, you know, I'm, I'm thinking... You know, when I was in high school and I was between my junior and senior year, Jesus shone his light on me and, and he gave me light. And I moved out of darkness into light. I, I moved out of kind of moral failure and darkness into the light that Jesus provides for living life. So Jesus gives us that light. I don't know when it happened to you. I know that Megan's story, being raised in our family, was like it was just this gradual enlightenment that happened. It happened early in her life. So some of us, it's dramatic like Paul, a light on the road to Damascus. Others, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and Jesus gives us that light. And then his light, once he shines his light into our life and he deposits his light in us, then he's producing his character within us. So this is totally in line with what we've been learning in Ephesians. Paul just continues this theme that it's the Holy Spirit that accurately reproduces the character of Jesus within us. And so from the inside out, the character of Jesus moves into our conduct. And it's just a reminder again that if, if I want to be good and I want to be right and I want to be true... It doesn't start with just changing my conduct. It starts with an interior change. It starts with a transformation of my character into the character of Jesus. And so Jesus, with his light, the fruit, literally the fruit of light, is what is good, what is right, and what is true. And so that is what is within us. That's what the light of God produces within us so that we begin to live as children of light. So good, we can do good things. Yes, we can do right things. Yes, we can do things that are true because it's coming from the inside out because Jesus has given us light. The other theme that this passage explores for us is it's we, as children of light, now we get to learn what, it's, what, what is it that pleases our king. Twice in the paragraph, at the beginning, at the end, the first it says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. 
trying to learn what is the will of Jesus. And at the end, gaining insight to what the Lord wants to do in us and through us. Those are reminders to me of what Jesus taught us in his prayer. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Again, it's a great reminder. For whatever reason, the, the prayer that has been prayed, maybe more often in all of our lives, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, many of us have never stopped and really considered what is it that we're praying. And this is what we're praying. We're asking that the rule of God, which is the rule of Jesus, because remember the Father invited Jesus to come back and sit at his right hand, and all authority has been given to Jesus on heaven, in heaven and earth. And so Jesus is administering this kingdom, his rule. And he's doing that <coughs> without hindrance in heaven. And so when we, we say, you know, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> excuse me, we're, we're, we're praising you like we did today. All honor to you, all glory to you. And we know that you rule, you rule all, all, all over the universe. And we want your rule to be right here. We want you to establish your rule within us. So we can personalize it. Jesus, let the dignity and the power of your rule be established within me. We can pray it for our families. We can pray it for us as a community. We want the dignity and the power of Jesus, his rule, established among us. Simple way to say that is we want Jesus to be in charge. And then once we have this sense that he is, it's as if we've really invited Jesus to sit on his throne right here, not up there, right here. And as Jesus is sitting on his throne right here, then we say to him, O king, I mean, it's just like we're having this conversation with our king, O king, what would please you today? What would you have us do today that pleases you? That's what the will of God is. It's not just this big, you know, whatever God's going to do in the universe. It's, it's very, very dynamic, and it's very personal. What do you want us to do? What would please you today, Jesus? As a community of people, it would be good for us every week to kind of have that mindset that, hey, we're going to worship Jesus, hallowed be your name. We're going to invite his kingdom to come. We're going to invite him to be in charge here. We're going to invite him to rule and to reign over our community. And in that, we're going to say, Jesus, now that you're here, what would you have us as a community do? See, that's what it means to try to learn what's pleasing to the Lord, to try to learn what is the will of Jesus Again, not this huge plan, but the specifics. What would please you today? What would you want to do through us this day? It's you and me in relationship with our king doing what he wants us to do. That's how his will is accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. Just think about the, all the angels do 
is, I mean, they're just there to worship Jesus, thousands and thousands. They're just worshiping all the time, and they just do what Jesus tells them to do. You know, I want you to deliver this message. Okay. They do it. And it's that, it's, that's exactly what he wants to do with us. He wants us to worship him. Hallowed be your name. He wants to rule right here with us, with his dignity and his power. And he wants to tell us what to do. What advances his kingdom? What's best for our family? What's best for our life? This is what I want you to do. This is what I want to do through you. Does that, does that make sense? Does that help you? So it's, I mean, if, if we get that, so this makes sense. You know, we're trying to learn what is pleasing to Jesus, our King. We're trying to gain insight into what, what Jesus wants to do in us and through us. And my friends, that takes some effort. That takes some time. That takes some kind of settling into, okay, I'm going to focus here, Jesus. I've got five jillion things on my to-do list today, and here's my calendar, and it's pretty stacked up. But here, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to set aside my to-do list. I'm going to set aside my calendar, and I'm going to invite you to establish the dignity and your, the power of your rule in me. And I want to ask you, Lord... What would you do in me and through me to accomplish your will? You know, and the more I do that, the more that becomes something I do every day. It's not something that I like wait and do like on a retreat once a year or a six month or every, it's something every day we get the opportunity individually as a family, even, even being mindful of each other as a, as a community. Jesus, our number one job, the number one thing for us to do today, what, what can be on the, the number one list on our to-do list is we want to worship you, honor you, we want to invite you to establish your rule in us, and then we want to do today what you want us to do. What I've discovered about that is it doesn't, it doesn't mean I stop doing many of the things that I do. But I'm now doing them in a way that is pleasing to Jesus. Now some of the things that I plan to do, I don't do. Because he's got other plans for me. So how can, we, how can I encourage you to do this? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. Let me, let me encourage you. Is, is there a time in your day that you stop, that you sit down, and that you talk to Jesus? It may be early. It may be in the middle of the day. It may be late at night. It doesn't matter when, but is there a time in each of our days that we stop? We sit down. We stop thinking about what we've got to get done, and we just say, Jesus, I want to spend some time with you. And in that time, we say, Jesus, 
I want you, please, to establish your rule in me. I want you to be in charge of me. And would you please tell me, what is it that you would have me do today that would please you? Not my will, but yours be done. See, it begins to make sense to me when I put it in that kind of a context. Within our community groups, it's great for our community groups. I'm so glad our community groups meet together, pray together. But do we stop as a small group and say, Jesus, we just want to stop what we're doing. And we want to invite you to establish your rule, your dignity, your power among us. And then Jesus, now that you're here with us, what would you have us do as a small group? What do you want us to do? What would please you? For us, anybody that's leading, I mean, this is our, everybody is the leader within our community. This is what we need to be doing with everything that we do. Jesus, we want you to be in charge of our children's ministry, our worship, our Bible studies, our community groups, our vacation Bible school. Establish your rule with us. Be in charge. And give us insight. What can we do that would please you? Again, that, that really is all we need to do to live this life that Jesus has called us to live. Now, there are some things in addition to that, like when I read my Bible, I'm discovering in big ways what it is that pleases the Lord. I've got a whole story of what people have done that either displeased him or pleased him. So, I mean, I have a context for learning what pleases the Lord. I've got some specific things that he says, do this, don't do that. I mean, that helps. But again, it's within this, okay, I want to do what you want me to do when you want me to do it. This is how I want to live my life. I want to make a difference for you and your kingdom. As we keep going in this, this passage, there are some specific things like this. This is what pleases our king. Number one, we keep taking steps out of darkness into light. That pleases our king. You know, he has shown his light on us. He's deposited his light within us. He is producing his character within us, so then we get to begin to reflect. Isn't that amazing that there's light in a light room? I love this flashlight. This is my favorite tool. See, there's even light in light. And so what Jesus is asking us to do is that now that I've shown light upon you, I've shown you what is right, I've shown you what is good, and I've shown you what is true, and I've produced that character in you, and now it's working its way out into conduct, so I want you to keep walking out of darkness, keep walking away from the things that are bad, keep walking away from the things that are wrong, keep walking away from the things that are false. Keep walking out of darkness into light. That's what I want you to do. That pleases the Lord when we do that. So it comes down to our decisions begin to reflect what our, king, our king's goodness, our king's uprightness, and our king's truth. And it's a process. It doesn't happen automatically. And it happens over life. 
You know, there's just more and more light that He pours into our life, and there's more and more ways that we begin to say, okay, I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to walk into your goodness. I'm going to walk into your rightness. I'm going to walk into your truth. And then His light in us brings our darkness and the darkness around us into light. So, I mean, we are in, in very much, in our culture, in our city, in our street, we're like the light of the gospel. And again, it's not like it's, a, it's, not like it's visible with the, the, the natural eye, but we're like flashlights that are, are, are exposing darkness around us. It exposes our own darkness, and, and when we're around other people, it exposes their darkness. Not, again, it's not like it's an obvious thing, but His light in us brings both our darkness and the darkness of those around us to light. Now, I spent some time in this passage because I really, really wanted to understand this because I think maybe we might, we might really miss this if we're not careful. Exposing the darkness of others does not mean carrying signs that tell people that they're despicable sinners. That's not what this means. I don't believe there's any exchange of word at all. I think that because we're just children of light and we're living our life seeking to please the Lord and and who we are and what we do, it just exposes darkness around us. It brings darkness to light. Without a sign... It's not this verbal, I mean, these horrible... I mean, I thought about maybe showing the video of, of Westbrook Baptist Church that what goes around, you know, their whole thing is just really in-your-face, right-to-life stuff. In the name of Jesus, it's hateful. It's ugly. And, and my, my, my fear is they might look at a page, See, we're exposing the darkness by being hateful, ugly people. Now, I've thrown out, you know, I mean, gosh, marriage is under attack in our culture. And some of us are going to think, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell the LGBT community what I think in the name of Jesus. I'm going to expose that darkness. Well, that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about us living as children of light. That's enough. And then, did you... I mean, did you pick up in the passage what it says? Everything is brought to light when the light shines on it. For everything that becomes visible stands in the light. That's what God's doing. The light of the world has come to the planet. And he's exposing everything for what it is. So the light is shining. And so then then there's this invitation Because that light is shining, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. See, it's like the light in us is what's attracting the bugs. And so rather than trying to squash the bugs, we're supposed to be inviting the bugs to wake up. Rise from the dead, old bugs, 
And the same light that's illuminating us can illuminate you. Jesus wants to give you light too. I, I don't know many really happy sinners. Now, they get happy sometimes because they become intoxicated or become high on other stuff, but when it when it's all comes down to being at home and in the dark, I think most people on the planet, especially in the culture that we live in, know this is not working out very well for me. And I wish I had some light. And that light is available. So our job is to reflect the goodness of God. Our job is to reflect the uprightness of God. Our job is to reflect the truth of God. And that brings light into darkness with this invitation. Wake up. All of you that are spiritually indifferent, wake up. Rise from the dead. All of you that are spiritually dead, rise from the dead. Because Jesus has light to give to you. And they see that in us as long as we are walking in the light. We join our King in awakening sleepers. And raising the dead. What an opportunity. (laughs) So it pleases our king that we keep taking steps out of darkness into light. It pleases our king when we make the most of opportunities in these corrupt times. Corrupt is better than evil. There is corruption in our world. There's corruption in family, there's corruption in politics and government, there's corruption in the church. I mean, there is, we live in corrupt times. So, we need to put some thought into our choices. We need to be aware if we're being sucked into something that's corruption. And then we need to act wisely. And then we just need to say, okay, not my will, but your will be done. That's what's pleasing the Lord. So when it comes all down to it, I think this is what Jesus would suggest to us. Number one, let's ask Jesus to give us His light. I mean, light, His light, His goodness, His uprightness, His truth, those are gifts that He gives to us. And I I don't believe I have enough. I mean, I, I, I would like more. I would like more illumination. I would like more of the character of Jesus to be reproduced in me. Because in some ways, the more I'm illuminated, the more I see that I'm really not not anywhere close to who Jesus is. And so I need more light. And I want all of my darkness to be illuminated. And I want Him to keep transforming me. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to accurately reproduce His character in us. We can't transform each other. We can't change each other. 
we can help each other see when we're in darkness and out of light, but, but that's it. We can help each other assess where we are, but it is only the Holy Spirit, absolutely only the Holy Spirit, that can accurately reproduce the character of Jesus within us. And as that character is being reproduced in us, we can seek to know what is it that pleases the Lord. And that that takes time. That takes effort. That takes surrendering my will to His will. It's not automatic. We get to do that individually and as a group. We want to seek you, Lord, to know what pleases you. And then finally, to be able to live life in His light learning what it is that pleases Him. I mean, that's the adventure that we're on, to find out how to live life in a way that's really pleasing the Creator of life. And then that brings life to others, and that's what we're all part of. That When it boils right down to it, it's not about the job I have. It's not about the bills I pay. It's not about the groceries I have to go get. It's not about getting the kids into school. It's not about having kids for the summer. It's about we represent a king, and his kingdom has come. And with that kingdom comes illumination. And with that illumination comes, oh, wow, we're falling short of the glory of our God. So make us like you, Jesus. Transform us. And then let us reflect who you are to the people around us so then more people come and follow you. And it's just this grand parade that just keeps moving through history until Jesus returns and he finalizes everything. So if you would like to stand with me, let's see if we can all... I mean, I wish I had flashlights to hand out. You know, we, just imagine this as we're praying. We're all standing in the light. And Jesus, as we stand in the light... We ask you to give us more light. Shine your light upon us. Illuminate us. Thank you that that light not only hits us on the top of the head, but it goes right to the core of who we are. We ask you to fill us with your light. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to accurately reproduce the character of Jesus within us. We want to be a community that reflects the goodness of our King. We want to be a community that reflects the uprightness of our king, a community that does things that are right. And we want to be a community that's full of truth. So Holy Spirit, would you please reproduce the character of Jesus within us? And Jesus, we want your will done on earth as it's being done in heaven.
So Lord, this week we ask that we would seek to know what it is that pleases you. Lord, as we live life this day and tomorrow and the next day for this week, Lord, we want to live in the light of learning what it is that pleases you in our day-to-day life. Lord, we want to be beacons of light that reflect your character, that illuminate our world, and that, Lord, people could see the light and come out of darkness into your light. Lord, I thank you uh, just for the opportunity that we have to live in your light, to know your light, to, to make decisions based upon the revelation, the illumination that you bring us. And thank you that 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 has impact on our neighbors, on our city, our nation, and even the world. So Lord, let your kingdom be established in us and let us do what it is that pleases you. I think maybe the struggle that I have with this is that I know I, I'm stubborn and I, I like to uh, stay in charge of my schedule and I like to keep my to-do list. And, I, I, you know, and so it's maybe just that the prayer is, you know, not my will, but yours. So learning how to really submit to letting Jesus be who he is, the king in our lives. So if, if you share that struggle, uh, we'll spend some time praying for each other and encouraging each other. Or if you have other ways that we can pray and encourage each other, then you know, we'll just spend some time over here as others are saying farewell. So thank you uh, for our time. Enjoy standing in the light. See you later. <laughs>